0: I would say Facebook now is probably at least five to 10 times more important for us than
1: YouTube is. Whereas for the first five years of my business, YouTube bring in 50% of all our traffic. This is Chris Reynolds and welcome to the Entrepreneur House podcast. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for six and seven figure entrepreneurs creating events and retreats all over the world. Picture yourself spending four weeks with other high-level entrepreneurs in the northern mountains of Thailand, October 26th to November 24, 2017. It will be full of masterminds, workshops, advisors, like-minded entrepreneurs, and of course some fun adventure. Currently, we are offering a special early bird discount of $400 for only 10 people. Once they're filled, they're gone. Don't wait on this one, guys. If you're ready to take your business to the next level with other successful entrepreneurs, be sure to contact us, ASAP at TheEntrepreneurHouse.com. And now, on to today's episode. Could you imagine mixing your favorite hobby and building it into a multi-million dollar business? Our guest today did just that, and his name is Nev Lapwood. Nev is the founder of Snowboard Addiction. He started out making YouTube videos to help people learn how to snowboard. Fast forward to today and Snowboard Addiction is one of the most popular snowboard YouTube channels and they are selling products to help you acquire more snowboard skills any time of the year. Today on the show, Nev and I chat about the early days of snowboard addiction and his process of moving into the physical product space. Nev shares about why he prefers a Shopify platform and we compare YouTube videos to Facebook videos. Nev then dives into his his ROI from Facebook ads, and where Snowboard Addiction is headed. It's an exciting episode, guys, and without further ado, let's welcome the founder of Snowboard Addiction, Nev Lapwood, to the show. Welcome, Nev, to the podcast. How are you today? I'm very good, thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on the show, my friend. And you're calling in from British Columbia, Canada, right? Yeah, we're up here in Whistler. It's about two hours north of Vancouver in Canada. And you were mentioning before the show that it's some of the best snowboarding and, and mountains around the world
0: it really is it's uh i mean if you're a skier or a snowboarder you've probably heard of whistler it's very popular and it's very well known and um it is definitely a skiers and snowboarders paradise for about four or five months of every year
1: where's your do you have a favorite mountain in the world to snowboard
0: i guess i have to say whistler just because i yeah if i if i had somewhere i liked more i would probably just move there
1: <laughs> cool what's Oops. number two outside of bc
0: um japan actually has amazing snowboarding they have a lot amazing powder there and um the snow is actually better in japan but in canada we have better terrain and a bit more variety and better terrain parks so overall i like canada but japan has amazing snow to it.
1: nice so we want to get to know nev behind the scenes and learn more about you and how you started out in new zealand and built the snowboard addiction business into the incredible business really that it is today. I think that I've actually, before we met, I've seen quite a few of your videos online. The videos, they're just like, they're great because they're the videos that you can just watch, you know, late at night. They're kind of addicting, right? You watch over and over and over again, like, man, this looks so cool. So let's hear your story, Nev.
0: Yeah. So um, I uh, grew up in New Zealand. And then when I finished university, I moved to Canada just to snowboard. I just came here to Whistler because I had been here once before with my parents as a child and uh, and I wanted to be able to snowboard as much as possible. So when I came here, I was working in a, a restaurant originally as a busser clearing tables and then I got a job as a snowboard instructor because I didn't want to have to pay for the season's pass. And out of that, I um I ended up finding out that I was pretty good at teaching people how to snowboard and kind of um from there eventually morphed into what my business is today, Snowboard Addiction.
1: How long ago was that? So you finished university in in what year and then started the business in what year?
0: 2005, finished university, and I started the business in 2007 in Canada.
1: What was it like in the early days? What was the very first product that you came out with or video that you came out with, and how did you get that off the ground?
0: Yeah, so what what Snowboard Addiction started with was um, videos that taught you how to snowboard. So we were basically uh, a self-help program for snowboarders who wanted to improve. And, um, and that purely came about because uh, I felt like I was pretty good at snowboarding and pretty good at teaching people how to snowboard and just combined it together. And I didn't have huge expectations to start with. Um, you know, but it got bigger and bigger and more people started following us, more people started buying the program that we produced and, uh, and eventually it turned into, well, pretty quickly, after about a year or so, it turned into a full-time income.
1: What was the first program?
0: Uh, it was uh, basically, uh, we called it the, the freestyle program, the ultimate freestyle program, which um, is a series of different videos that would teach you tricks and maneuvers on a snowboard, such as 360s and board slides and um, how to do buttering and all the, all the, all the basic freestyle elements of snowboarding
1: tricks i'm curious nev like i was checking out all your a lot of your youtube videos and i always like to go to the youtubers very first videos to see how they are and how they've evolved but i was really impressed like some of the videos you had from nine years ago looked really good and so what kind of what kind of cameras were you using back then
0: so i always hire people to do the filming and um, they always have their own cameras. So the first videos I made were actually really, really bad, but you won't be able to find them because I'm not <laughs> online anymore. <laughs> but some of the um, ones throughout the first or second year started to get better. In fact, I hired a guy in my first year of filming. I hired a guy and I paid him 800 bucks, and he put together, I think, eight videos for me for 800 bucks, which was incredibly cheap to do that. I think he was recording back in the day on a Panasonic. It might've been called a DVX 100. I'm not hundred percent sure, but it was, it was like a standard definition camera, but it was like a good one at the time. And um, pretty soon after that, everyone got into the HD cameras and, you know, GoPros and stuff came out after that and cameras have got a lot better. But when I started, there wasn't many people producing videos because it just wasn't, it wasn't a widely done thing. It wasn't, Video cameras on people's phones or GoPros. If you had a video camera, you were generally a hobbyist or working in that industry. So it's changed a lot.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. And you definitely had to be one of the first snowboarding channels out there, right? I think so. Um, you know, we, we had a
0: ton of traction in the beginning from YouTube, especially because there wasn't really anyone else doing it. Like we were, well, we still are the best at producing snowboard tutorials in the world, and um, and it was yeah, it was easy back in the day because no one else was doing it. (laughs) There's a lot more competition
1: now. When do you feel that things really started to take off for you guys, Nev?
0: You know what? We had a lot of well, I had a lot of early success at the start with the with the video program, which was a an in depth program teaching people how to snowboard. So my second, third, fourth years in business were actually very, very strong, but the last couple of years, well, the last three or four years, we've really, um, I don't know what to say, we've we've changed the model of the business a lot into producing products that help people snowboard. And so the last three, four years, we've had much stronger growth than, than the first five years in business because... We're now selling a variety of physical snowboard training products all around the world.
1: If you were to do that over again, do you think you would have started off in the physical product space?
0: Yeah, I would have started selling physical products a lot sooner, for sure. (laughs) Um, You know what? Um, Back in the day with the videos, there was a lot less competition. People were more willing to pay for digital content. That's changing. People aren't as anywhere near as willing these days to pay for digital content, which I believe is one of the reasons we're a lot stronger in our physical products now. Because when you make a physical product such as uh, we sell a trampoline board, which is um, a board that you use to practice snowboard tricks on, on a trampoline, yeah, people are willing to pay for that because it's a physical product that you have in your hands and you can see that value. Whereas when you're now buying a video, there's just not as much um, tangible
1: asset in the minds of people on that anymore as they used to be right does that make sense oh that makes perfect sense you know i saw that product on your website it's cool because you really you can practice you can't learn to snowboard but you can practice snowboarding right in your backyard with a trampoline and um, and you can do cool tricks at the same time and you can practice it all year round all year round exactly so if you come from a place like texas where there's no snowboarding you can yeah. <laughs> you can practice it in the summertime.
0: Well, the thing is that when you're snowboarding, a lot of people really only snowboard 10 or 20 days a year. Right. But the tools that we now sell on our website allow people to get better at snowboarding all year round so that when they go snowboarding, they're actually, you know, their muscles are a bit more fine tuned and they know what they're going to do and they know what they're going to learn. It actually helps them get more out of their snowboarding. How's this,
1: the snowboarding done in New Zealand?
0: It's good, it's not as good as Canada. Yeah, <laughs> we have some good mountains in New Zealand. There's kind of a short season. It's the season only start lasts for kind of like you know three months of the year. We don't get anywhere near as much snow as Canada. Um, but saying that, there's still some very fun mountains down there and some good terrain parks. And you know, I grew up snowboarding in New Zealand, and it's uh, it's still a good time.
1: Now I know you guys are heavy in Facebook videos too, so I'm kind of curious, Nev. Is there a- a difference between your YouTube videos and the content that you're putting out as opposed to the stuff on Facebook?
0: It's not a, not a huge difference in the content, but we've had a huge shift, especially over the last two years where we're doing a lot more with Facebook and, um, we still do a lot with YouTube, but significantly a lot more with Facebook these days. It's just, Facebook's a winning platform right now. Um, If you think about what you personally use, do you use more Facebook or do you use more YouTube?
1: Definitely Facebook.
0: Exactly. And that's the same with everybody, right? People go on YouTube if they want to search a specific thing, like how to do a 360 on a snowboard. That's something you'd go to YouTube and search. But if you're just browsing like everybody does these days, it's all Facebook. Yeah. So I would say Facebook now is probably at least five to ten times more important for us now than YouTube is, Mm. whereas... the first five years of my business, YouTube bring in 50% of all our traffic.
1: Wow. For like five years. When was that shift?
0: It's really been, I mean, it started happening about two years ago, and the last yeah. year has been a very strong shift towards Facebook. What it was is um, Facebook started promoting a lot more videos yeah. and sh- having you know feeds that share a lot more videos. And when they started doing that, which I think was roughly two years ago, um that's when videos are becoming more and more and more popular with Facebook.
1: Are you enjoying today's episode? I hope so. We're working hard to pick the minds of higher level entrepreneurs to bring you some applicable tactics for your business. October 26th through November 24th, we will have our most impactful event ever. Four weeks in the northern mountains of Thailand with other successful entrepreneurs that have six and seven figures in annual revenue in their businesses. The experience includes private accommodations, workshops, masterminds, advisors, high-speed Wi-Fi at a beautiful resort complex. And for our listeners, we have a special $400 early bird discount for only 10 people once they're filled they're gone so if you're ready to seriously take your business to the next level contact us at theentrepreneurhouse.com and now back to the show do you guys do a lot of facebook ads
0: we do we do a ton of facebook ads um you know what so we'll put our content on facebook and then a certain a certain amount of the content gets exposure just because Mm -hmm. but then if you start paying for ads your your content gets spread a lot further yeah i'm almost certain that it's part of facebook's algorithms that they're willing to favor the people who are willing to pay yeah but if you've got good content and you're willing to pay for it that'll get spread a ton and favored by facebook and shared all over the place and and it's been very successful
1: for us. Yeah, I've noticed it it's almost like wildfire. Even if you just dump a few bucks into an ad, like the amount of visibility that one ad or one post will get compared to not, I, I don't even think, especially if you have a business page, I don't even think the page hardly gets any visibility for a post unless, unless you're given Facebook money.
0: Well, if you think about it, that's their business model, right? Sure. If you're paying
1: they're happy with you. So, <laughs> you
0: know, we've been paying Facebook and it seems to be doing pretty well for us. I mean, we get a ton of exposure mm-hmm. of our product. And, um, you know, the, all that repetition exposure of your product, eventually, someone comes to your website and, and buys it. And the good thing about our product is when they buy
1: it, they're stoked on it. <laughs> Do you have any idea on the ROI that you have for your Facebook ads, Nev? Uh, we have all the different stats.
0: Um, I've actually got a guy who works for me who does all the Facebook advertising, so I can't quote you exactly our ROIs because I don't know them in my head. Mm -hmm. But I do know that the – let's say some of the ads that we put up or some of the videos that we put up, we can get those videos shown to people for something incredibly small. Like I think you get like 100 people that will view a video – For sometimes as low as one cent, it's ridiculous. I'd have to pull that up to find out, but we can literally get like, in some cases, we're getting over like a thousand people watching a video for less than a dollar. It's ridiculous. It's so cheap for us.
1: It really is.
0: It's a combination of having good quality content that people want to watch and paying a little bit for that distribution.
1: Are you the main creator for the content?
0: I'm the main um, guy in the videos, but we have a video guy who does the video and editing of it. So I'm the, I'm the guy that you'll see in the videos most of the time.
1: Who does the story? Not the story, but the um, has the idea for the videos. Is that you?
0: Uh, yeah, and the um, video guy. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Most of our story is around um, how people can snowboard better. Right. So all of our content is how can we improve your snowboarding? So it's very easy for us. We just basically – um, have this huge list of every different possible move or trick you can do on a snowboard and we're slowly ticking off getting videos filmed for everything we possibly can. So a lot of it, sometimes it's new things we're filming, sometimes it's redoing old ones and updating old content, but we never run out of um, different videos to do and it's all about, it's all focused on how you can improve your snowboarding. That's, that's our, our big thing is how can, we, how can we help someone get better and what can we, and we do a lot
1: of that through video. That makes sense. How big is your team these days? We have five or well, four full-time, five full-time staff.
0: If you include me, okay. So okay. I'm kind of like the guy. I call myself the head coach, but then I'm also like the CEO, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then I have a an operations guy who basically manages everyone and does every everything that I can't do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then we have two guys who do marketing, customer service, and sales. And we have one guy who does video and editing.
1: Is your team remote or are they all up in BC with you?
0: We're all in an office together.
1: Okay. Yeah. Do, you guys, do you give them like snowboard days where they can take off Friday and go snowboard?
0: Well, my team can actually snowboard any day they want. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of them will, will quite often work more into the evenings um, and choose to snowboard during the days. Um, we're pretty flexible and uh, and that's kind of I guess one of the main benefits of working for snowboard addiction is you can really snowboard as much as you want if you work for snowboard addiction. <laughs>
1: uh, you don't have any skiers on your team, do you?
0: Our video our video guys are skier
1: Oh wow
0: <laughs> I guess In fact, I, I prefer skiers um for video because they're really good at. And I'm following you around the mountain.
1: Yeah. (laughs) One of the things I wanted to ask you about is kind of the conversion process that you guys have from your videos to get people on your email list. And I know this is a big thing for a lot of people that are getting into Facebook ads, especially because Facebook videos are so cheap these days if you drive a good video. And so I'm kind of curious on your guys' system on how you convert those people watching the videos to get them on your email list?
0: Okay, so um, when we're posting our videos on Facebook, our primary objective is to get them from Facebook to our website. So generally that's um, if you click on the video or you click on the link under the video, you will get directed to our website. So like, often there will be a little button under a video that says like learn more if you click that, it goes to our website. And once we get people to our website, one of our primary objectives is to try to get them on our email or newsletter. So on our website, there's several different things that we will do to get people on a newsletter. We have some landing pages um, that, what are they called, welcome mats, um, mm-hmm. that will ask people if we can um, get them to join the newsletter. And one of the things that we've been doing is uh, offering them a series of videos for free if they'll join our newsletter. So if you went onto my website, even on the home page, I'm going to just check what it says right now. You scroll down the home page, I believe it says, would you like six free jibbing tutorials? So jibbing is a term in snowboarding used for hitting rails and boxes. And if you click that yes please button, that right there is going to ask you for the email address. And if you put your email address in, we're going to send you this campaign of six free jibbing tutorials. So once every six months or once every year, we'll actually change that and update the different tutorials that we're giving people. But that's one of the ways we're trying to get people to join our, our newsletter. Plus, if you've never been to our website before, it puts you on um, a welcome mat trying to get you on the newsletter straight away. And then on all our different blogs and stuff, we're always asking people if they'll join a newsletter. So, you know, that's, um, that's uh, kind of our conversion for that.
1: Do you know, off the top of your head, the conversion rate for, say, like, if you get 100 people watching your videos, how many of them would sign up on your email list?
0: Now, I'd have to look that up. We use a software called SumoMe. Yeah. Um, And uh, it's actually the same guy who does my Facebook marketing, manages all the SumoMe stuff. Oh, is he? Okay. um, We sometimes have had... Conversions up to I mean, I could probably log in and check if you want me to if you want me to do that Well, I've got you on the podcast.
1: Yeah, sure why not
0: logging into Sumo me right now and I um, So I'm just logging into my Sumo me right now and I never log into this because my guys do it for me So this is real. This is gonna be some real statistics here. Um, I'm gonna click on this uh, welcome mat which I think is the thing that uh, we use to collect emails And I'm trying to look for some stats here. You know what? I've got a total here of 9,496 displays. Of 9,000 clicks through, we've had an average of 22% people clicking through to it. But of that, I'm not sure how many actually into
1: them. their email address if you're getting 10 to 15 percent to the website I, I think that's pretty decent so that's nothing to sneeze at for sure and you're probably i would guess maybe one to three percent or so are signing up would i be think so cool yeah i think
0: it's probably around about i um, you know uh, roughly around the probably around the two percent mark of people come to our website join our newsletter something like that
1: yeah where's snowboard addiction heading in the next five to ten years Nev?
0: Okay, so over the last couple of years, we've um, really branched into more physical products. And that has um, been a strong, strong move for the business. So, you know, we sell these trampoline boards. We sell another product called the Balance Bar. We sell another product called the Jib Board. And, um, and uh, we're, we're looking to develop a product range of, of products that can really help people improve their snowboarding, whether that's during the winter or, or during the middle of summer. And then in addition to that, we're actually in the process right now of developing a trampoline ski, which um, we're very close to releasing. And it's, a, it's an awesome product. So we think that um, the Ski Addiction brand, which already has a website but is pretty minimal right now, mm-hmm. is going to grow a ton over the next couple of years.
1: Do you have any uh, snowboarder addiction loyal fans that are upset that you're going into skiing market?
0: I don't think too many of the snowboard fans know that we're going into the ski market. Uh, um, Total separate websites, total um, separate business. It's just a very similar product that um, works well for skiers as it does for snowboarders. And, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't think anyone would get too upset.
1: (laughs) Are you coming up with most of the products, Nev?
0: Uh, Me and my team. Okay. It's hard to pinpoint exactly who comes up with an idea because it might have been thrown around for a couple of years before we acted on it.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. One of the
0: things that's been um, pretty cool for us is, um well, one thing is we, we moved to a Shopify website about three or four years ago, and that was huge.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, we used to have a custom-built website. In fact, we went through several different versions of custom websites. Custom websites suck. <laughs> Shopify is pretty, pretty good. Um, we've been very happy, and it's allowed us to grow a lot. And then a couple of the applications within Shopify have been very strong for us, we um we use fulfillment to ship our products. Right. And because of that, we can get products manufactured in China and then shipped to warehouses around the world. We have five warehouses right now. One in Australia, one in Canada, one in the United Kingdom, and one on the East Coast United States, one on the West Coast United States. And so when an order comes to our website, it automatically dispatches from the closest warehouse or the most appropriate shipping warehouse for that customer, which has been awesome. It's been so cool because we don't need to warehouse our product, stock our product, or hire people to ship it out, it's all done for us and a pretty reasonable cost. That's been huge for us with the physical products.
1: That's amazing that today, like that whole entire system can just be automated so easily.
0: It's all just done through the Shopify App Store. So okay. if you go on the Shopify App Store and you search um, fulfillment. There's probably like ten, maybe more, different companies who offer this. And we used to have a different fulfillment company than the one we have now, um, who just had US fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And then when we started, when we wanted to start selling these globally, we moved to a fulfillment provider within Shopify. Well, it's, it's actually it's it's an external company, but they offer a Shopify solution or a Shopify app. And this company that we use now, I'm not mentioning them because some people love them, some people hate them. Um, They're a big company, and they have warehouses all over the world. So these five warehouses we use is all the same company. In fact, they probably have about 10 or 15 different warehouses around the world that you can use. And choosing to use that that warehouse is as simple as just activating it and sending products there. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So um, people definitely have their challenges with fulfillment. But what we've found is you've just got to work with the rules that they set. Because if you try to set your own rules, they don't care about you that much. Mm-hmm. But if you work within their rules, it works great. It makes and sense. you And know, we've been able to sell our products all over the world with relatively quick and cheap shipping, especially to the countries that we have the warehouses in. And um, there's been challenges along the way, but it's been awesome for us. It's been fantastic.
1: What's your life like these days, Nev? Are you snowboarding 50% of the time and working 50% of the time? Or how much How much, How much? much work are you putting into on a weekly basis?
0: You know what? I probably work for snowboard addiction, I probably work 30 or 40 hours a week. But it's not because I have to. It's more because I want to. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could step back and not work much in it at all. But um, you know what? I like it. Um, the primary aim of snowboard addiction is to help people improve their snowboarding um, as well as make a profit as, in the business. So um, you know it's a pretty good goal and our, our products help people. Our videos help people, our products help people, and people love that. We get tremendous amount of positive feedback. So it it means for me that it's nice to work in snowboard addiction. And you know what? We've got a good team of people. We're pretty small. We work out of a small office, but we're all snowboarders except for our one skier. <laughs> Everyone gets on well, and um, it's a good work environment, you know? So it's it's nice.
1: Do you have any hobbies outside of snowboarding and working?
0: Yeah, I really like uh, snowmobiling, yeah. which um, leads me into backcountry snowboarding. And I really like surfing. So I try to take one or two surfing trips a year and uh, we don't have too much surf up here in Whistler we don't we've got some lakes but we don't have any waves um, so i have to travel to surf and then i also enjoy mountain biking which we have a lot of mountain biking up here in Whistler so do a bit of that and then you know i do a little bit of dirt biking as well so into that and then on the side of snowboard addiction i do quite a bit of real estate investment um, so i've uh, been lucky enough to buy several properties up here in canada in a in a down market and experience a boom market and have done very well out of it nice so it's nice. been um that's kind of you know on the side of snowboard addiction i do a lot of real estate and then sport hobbies and then i'm i'm married and i have a son as well i have a 10 month old son
1: Oh, ah, very cool keeps
0: so that, that just busy too
1: nev any final words for the entrepreneurs that are out there hustling away and growing their business and doing their best to get to the next level
0: yeah, I have I have some really good advice. <laughs> well, I think it's good advice. <laughs> stop thinking and execute. People have I mean like ideas are not the problem. Everybody has ideas. It's the execution of getting those ideas done is all that matters. Um, you know, like stop facebooking and go and do what you say you're going to do. <laughs> Cuz I'm sure you're aware of it, you know, like I've I've got friends uh who are always talking about their business ideas. But then I look through my Facebook feed, and those are the guys that are always posting and sharing stuff. And they're posting and sharing entrepreneurial stuff. But stop reading all that crap and just go do it.
1: <laughs> Good point.
0: All of the information is great, but you don't need all the information. You just have to start and and then execute. Execute. Even in snowboard addiction, one of the biggest problems that we have is executing Finding a product we're going to do and, and pulling all the way through until that product is for sale and then keeping it for sale, having warehouses stocked and not running out of stock because that happens. We've done
1: we've run out of stock lots of times. Great words of wisdom from Nev Lapwood. Nev, I, if – got another bit of wisdom too. <laughs> share, share, share. <laughs> um,
0: so another bit of wisdom that I always used to tell – well, what I used to kind of live by is keep revenue higher than expenses. If you if your expenses are higher than the money you're bringing in, you're going to die very very quickly. You've got to make sure that you're making more money than you're spending. Um, and it's it sounds simple, but that's like the key to a profitable business. Make sure that you are making more money than you're spending to make that money.
1: And I can tell you from experience that is not as easy as it sounds, and sometimes it's very difficult to manage that. So, great words always. Totally. To Nev, if the listeners want to reach out and learn more about you guys and Snowboard Addiction, where's the best place they can do that?
0: All of our contact details are available on our website. So we have a toll-free phone number and an email address and in social media as well. We we interact with a lot of people on social media. But if you need anything specific, just go on our website, snowboardaddiction.com, and you can get our contact details there.
1: Yeah. And I recommend checking out the YouTube channel and the Facebook videos are really good. Nev, we have to give you a huge thank you for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom and tips and tricks with us. We really, really appreciate you and your time. No problem. Anytime. Thanks so much, Chris. And it's a pleasure. And listeners, we're going to wrap up there. Thank you all for joining us on the podcast once again, and we'll see you all on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for six and seven figure entrepreneurs. Imagine spending an extended period of time with other successful entrepreneurs working together and growing your business. Day to day you interact with other driven and smart business people. Spending an extended period of time around them alters your business and your mentality around business. Goals are set, business grows, new partnerships develop, greater profit margins are achieved, the productivity skyrockets for attendees, and you get to have an incredible adventure while doing it. This year, our main event will be held in Chiang Mai, Thailand. It is four weeks from October 26th to November 24th and held for six and seven-figure entrepreneurs only. It will be full of workshops, masterminds, advisors, co-working, and fun weekend social events. Be sure to check out the details at TheEntrepreneurHouse.com as soon as soon as possible. This event will fill up fast. For those of you that are interested and have some questions, be sure to contact us through theentrepreneurhouse.com forward slash contact. We will respond as soon as possible. For now, saludos from somewhere in the world.